All right, day 68. Welcome back to the Windows and Mirrors podcast. I'm John. And I'm Keith. And remember, this is a podcast where we're trying to show you that the Bible is more like a window than it is a mirror. We come to it to look through it and see God. We don't come to it primarily to look at it and see ourselves. Okay, day 68. Halfway through the book of Judges. Yeah, man. Halfway through the book of Judges. It's been so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So much here and... You know, again, we've been talking about this downward spiral of God's people, right? God redeemed his people out of Egypt, brought them into the promised land through Joshua. Joshua in that generation was faithful. Right. And you see that, again, the next generation was not. Right, right. right. They come into the land and, yeah, it's just chaos. So last time we left off talking about Gideon. Yeah. And one of the things that has been pointed out is that Gideon is this transitional figure. Right. In the book. Right. After Gideon, it was it was progressively getting bad. After yeah. Gideon, it just goes so nose far dive. down. Yeah, yeah. nosedive down. And um we seen how like, you know, he led the nation into idolatry. Right. You know, he had the the prostitutes, the foreign wives. And with his mouth he said, I ain't want to be king. Right. But with his actions, yeah. he, you know, contradicted what he said with his words. Right. And so what's funny is he said he didn't want to be king, but he has a son right. named Abimelech. Yeah. Right? Which means in Hebrew, my father it's is king. king. Right, right. So right. he names his son Abimelech, <laughs> right? Yeah. When he said, like, no, I don't want to be king, but right. he gonna name his right. And this son was actually born to his concubine. So right. you just see all of these things going crazy. And Abimelech and Nine. Wildin'. Wildin'. Wildin', bro. Crazy. Like Yo, he's born to one of his father's concubines. His father has 70 other sons. So guess what he does? Kill all of them. Yeah. He gets money, hires some dudes to get 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 these cats killed because he wants to secure his throne. Right. And what is the text trying to say? Power, bro. Right. Power. Yeah. Power corrupts, like mm. we always say, but absolute power, power corrupts. Absolutely. Absolutely, yep. And so we just see this lust for power yeah. in Abimelech and a leader in Israel. And this is going to be a transitional time in the book as well, because up until this point, all the oppression and the wickedness comes from outside, right? Mm, mm. Israel, or they find themselves in idolatry. Mm. Then folks from the outside come in. Now, here is this part of the book where, yeah, yeah wait a minute. There's no outside foe. Yeah. It's somebody that's inside and they're fighting against each other and he's starting to kill. And you start to see the corruption inside the very family of god yeah absolutely yeah. and uh man it's just interesting because one of the sons escapes jotham yeah jotham gives this parable to him um a, a, about uh, abimelech and one of the things you see about uh the parable is that it's not that he's condemning him for being king right. or he's condemning the fact that israel wanted a king it's the kind of king right that they had so at the end of the book it's going to say everybody did what was right in their own eyes there was because no king, there was no king right and the text is trying to show us, it's like, no, they don't just need a king. Yeah. <laughs> they need a righteous king. Right. Right. And that will come with David and ultimately David's son, Jesus. Um, so it's interesting. Two, ten. Ten comes, right? Bimelech, you know, dies off. There's two minor judges, Tola and Jair, right? Israel, once again, <laughs> does what is evil in the Lord's sight, bro. Look at the time yeah. frame as oh, yeah. well, too. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, you know, Gideon reigned or was judging for 40 years. Yeah. And now it comes down, it's like, ah, now the next judge, he judged 23 years. Mm. Then the next judge, 22. And so progressively, you're going to see even the their times of peace are going to 
shrink and shrink and shrink. And so as they continue to yeah. nosedive, there's not going to be these extended or these long time, uh, yeah, yeah, times of peace. And it just shows that they are continually yeah. finding themselves. Yeah. 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 After this, it yeah, doesn't it's going say, to work against their peace. Yeah. After this, it's not going to say they had rest in right, right. 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 And even here in 10, they come to God and say, hey, oh, it, it, we're getting, you know, we need you, God. We sinned against you. And God is like, no, calling your own God, calling your right. idols that you've been serving, right? Um, and what's interesting is this, idols, and I got this from uh, Andy Crouch. He says, idols initially seem to give us everything and demand nothing. But in the end, we see that they demand everything, everything but give us nothing. nothing. Yeah. And it's just, they can't call on those gods, there's idols to save them, right. right? Our idols at the end of the day cannot save us. right? And so by God's grace, they don't even, listen, God doesn't even bring up Jephthah, yeah. the next judge. Yeah. They do. Right. By God's grace, he still gives them his spirit and right. still uses Jephthah. Yep. But you see that, yo, like how wicked the people of God are. Right. That they are turning to their idols and the Lord is fed up with yep. what's going on in Israel. Yeah. The other thing, bro, about the powerlessness of idols is it's seen not just in the realization that they come through, but when God says, yo, let them save you, right? Instinctively, our hearts know that idols don't have any power. They're like, nah, look, we'll put them all in the trash, right? Yeah. And it's, uh, yo, if you can put a God in the trash, mm. either you're very strong or the God is very weak. That's good. And so you just see how quickly they're like, nah, nah, nah. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, yeah, we'll put it in the trash. Uh, the trash man's coming. He, he's down the road right now. We're going to get it out. And even in their resolve, they they show themselves how powerless idols are. They can't protect themselves from being thrown away. Yeah. And you see, uh, you know, Jephthah is raised up and um, he comes and he is, you know, um, he, he literally uh, comes and judges it for Israel. And what's interesting about Jephthah is you know you have the Ammonites coming against the people of Israel and Jephthah sees that you know the Ammonites are too strong so he makes this vow to the Lord and he says hey Lord the next thing that comes out of my house yeah. I will vow to you if you will give me these Israelites yeah and vow to you in a sacrifice what's crazy is Israelite homes in those days they usually had the animals at the bottom right and the people at the top yeah however he approaches God to come through for him on a victory. Yeah. In the same way, the Canaanites approach their God uh, to come through for them on victories. Uh, right. So they would offer these sacrifices, and then from there, the God will be pleased, and then right. he would give them victory. Well, his daughter comes out. Yeah. And so he makes this vow. He sacrifices his daughter. So mm. the text is trying to just show, like the Bible, listen, the Bible doesn't tell us everything sometimes it shows us things, right, right right and it shows us the wickedness right of israel deuteronomy 18 right yeah. deuteronomy 7 20 like over and over the text is going to say do not sacrifice your, your 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 children like the pagan nations so we see jephthah is approaching god like the pagans approach their god do you know what makes it so crazy tough to stomach too yeah. is right before that jephthah is recounting the history of Israel. Mm. And look, his history about what God has done is tight. Mm. He recounts the history of what God has done with such 
nuance and precision. Yeah. And so you see in some ways, it seems like he understands this God and this faith so well. Yeah. But then when he practices, he relates to God like the Canaanites relate to their God. And you yeah. see this like syncretism of sorts mm, that he has mm, the mm. theology here, the right mindset, but then he's also adopted the practices and he's mixed them up into something that leads to him mm. sacrificing his daughter and thinking that somehow he's being virtuous yeah, or yeah. full of some sort of integrity. And that's what you, with that syncretism, when you mix it up, yeah. You don't get the best of both worlds. You get the worst. You make a mess. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I think a few things we can say because in twelve you're going to see Ephraim get mad uh, right. with the rest of the Israelites, and uh, a lot of this is foreshadowing what's going to happen throughout the history of Israel. Right. right? The northern uh, tribes will be called northern Israel, but they'll also be called Ephraim. Right. Right. And Ephraim and Judah, or Israel and Judah, will be beefing. Right. So you see that kind of happening here right. already. Right. So I think a few things we can say. Um, are, are characteristic of a the, when the people of God are on a, a spiritual and moral decline. One is syncretism. Right. When you start to mix Christianity, <laughs> right. the faith, the true faith of the one true God yeah. with the practices, the idolatrous practices of the day, yeah. you're, you're on a decline. Right. Two, um, when you have this kind of civil war and chaos. So you right. see... Again, Satan would have it. Right. Not that people would come in on the outside and destroy us, but that we would implode from the right, inside. Right, right, right. So that, and then third is the oppression of women, mm. right? Over and over throughout the book of Judges, you see the faithfulness of women, especially in the first half, mm. right? But in the back half, mm. you'll see their oppression, mm. right? Over and uh, over. And it'll get really grotesque towards the end. Yeah. But man, that's another way you can know a people are on. The decline, right? right? Spiritually and morally, people who are supposed to be set apart for the God of the universe, right? When they are have these synchronistic practices, mm. you know, when they have the civil backbiting within amongst their own people, yeah, and the oppression of women, vulnerable yeah. in society, yeah, yeah. God help us because that sounds <laughs> eerily familiar to where we find ourselves, yeah, here, right now, and what we need, and what the people of God need now. It's not just a king. They don't right. just need leaders. Right. They need righteous right. leaders. Yeah. Right. Ultimately, Jesus. Yeah. And praise God that we have him. He's on the throne. Yeah. He's not dying. He's not going anywhere. Yeah. And he is the key to change and hope and the reform that we need. Yeah. Yeah. Let's pray. Yeah, Father, we uh, ask God that we would check our own hearts, Father, uh, that we would see this and that we would repent of ways we've been guilty of the same sins. We pray, Lord, uh, that we will remember Jesus is on the throne and because of his resurrection, no one can unsee him. I pray that we would give him our allegiance, our affections, and that